0: Welcome, everyone. This is Recovery Dharma. My name is Julia. I'm one of the facilitators in the Spokane Sangha, and it is so great to be here on this Memorial Day weekend. For the month of May, we have been exploring this enormous theme of the archetypal mother The qualities of the sacred feminine and how they live within us, how they are expressed in us, and how it is so important to understand these qualities, um, whether we are female or male or some expression of both. Gender is very fluid and how to understand the archetypal mother, the qualities of the sacred feminine so that we can be more secure in feeling whole as a full, divine, complex human being. Yesterday, Luma, who is here today, brought forward this wonderful perspective on uh, looking at the qualities of sacred masculine and sacred feminine in terms of uh, a pair of opposites that I really liked. And it was uh, the sacred feminine being focused on community and the sacred masculine being focused on the individual. And We, when you look at it that way, what's wonderful about it is when we can heal those individualistic parts of us, maybe driven by predominant masculine qualities, who knows, we become better participants in community. And when we become better participants in community, this has positive karmic effects to us as individuals. So you can see in Luma's example how these qualities, when they're understood, in whatever paradigm you choose to put them in, when we understand them um, and bring them together in a holistic way, we're healthier, we're happier, we're less inclined to engage habit energy. So today, what I thought I would do is I wanted to share a little bit of reading from this book called Emotional Awareness by His Holiness the Dalai Lama and Paul Ekman. And this is a conversation between the two of them, His Holiness and Paul Ekman. One of the things about the Dalai Lama is... Um, as you know, the Dalai Lama is from Tibet, and Tibet is a nation and certainly was a nation when the Dal- Dalai Lama was growing up that was incredibly isolated from the world. It's a highly superstitious culture, and, um, and, with, and because of its uh, lack of interaction with the world, Those superstitions, those beliefs really dictated a lot of the culture. The Dalai Lama was really rather unique and radical as a spiritual and governing leader because he was fascinated by science. He was fascinated by the world, insatiably curious, a quality um, atypical to the monks of, of his culture. And so, when he was unfortunately, fortunately, exiled from Tibet, he was suddenly launched into the whole world where a whole aspect of him opened up and flowered and we got to benefit from his teachings, his wisdom, his presence in the world. The short conversation that I'd like to share with you today is all about it. The title of this section is called Calming Difficult People, which I thought was really fun to play with because there are so many difficult people in the world. And the best part about that statement is how convenient it is in forgetting that I'm one of them. And so are you. (laughs) And so (laughs) Let's just embrace that freak flag, shall we? And the more we can stop externalizing all of those difficult people out there and realize, wow, I'm, I'm in that club. Maybe something will shift. Maybe if I can understand what makes me a difficult person, I'll be able to go out into the community and see people and practice practice um, that wonderful practice called just like me. Wow, you are an idiot, just like me. <laughs> you are really governed right now by a fixed mind. Woof just like me. You are fearful and confused, just like me. So, this relates to the sacred mother and uh, the sacred feminine because we are bringing forward qualities of community, qualities of patience, and the capacity to bring forward calm and peacemaking. So this is what Paul Ekman has to say. Paul Ekman as a PhD um, does a lot of science and so he brought forward a French uh, practitioner, Buddhist practitioner by the name of Mathieu Ricard. If you are not familiar with him, he has been studied His brain has been studied many times because he's a masterful uh, mindfulness meditation practitioner. And his capacity to practice and not be aroused in the typical ways is well, well documented. He's an extraordinary uh, practitioner and writer. So he says, another study we did with Mathieu Ricard is relevant to our discussion, Mathieu came to our laboratory three different times, separated over a two-year period. In one session, we asked him to have a conversation with two different people about reincarnation, which is not accepted by most Western intellectuals or academics. One person I chose is the most gentle academic I know, very interesting to talk to, very developed ideas. There is no element of this char- characteristic you talk about. He does not enjoy debate or insult. He and Mathieu conversed while we were measuring their bodily responses, their blood pressures, heart rates, skin temperatures, and facial expressions. They had a lively, interac- interesting discussion. They were both annoyed with me when I told them, you now have to stop. They wanted to continue. There was a lot of mutual smiling, and their physiology showed a very low level of arousal. So, like-minded, gentle people. Low level of arousal because they're easy to be with. That's the basic conclusion. Dr. Ekman goes on to say, Then I had Mathieu talk with a difficult person, actually the most difficult professor I could find on the Berkeley campus. This guy was so difficult that as the time got closer, he kept laying down new conditions for me as the scientist. Finally, I could not use him at all because he was being true to form, impossible. So I got a substitute who, while still difficult, was more cooperative. He conversed with Mathieu, and there was no mutual smiling. Mathieu remained very calm physiologically, but this other fellow showed a very fast heart rate and high blood pressure. Over the course of 15 minutes, however, his blood pressure and heart rate went down. He began to smile. And he said to me afterward, there's just something about him. He's talking about Mathieu. There's just something about him. I could not fight with him. So, friends, our practice today is about taking that reality, those two people, a practitioner. A Buddhist meditation practitioner, Mathieu, and an egoic, difficult academic, and we see them conversing. One of them has trained himself to remain steady, to breathe. To keep the mind calm and open, spacious. The sky, lots of thought clouds floating around in Mathieu's sky but there's so much sky it's not going to change him, it's not really going to affect him. That presence, that calmness, Energetically radiated outward and affected this difficult academician who, in the presence of Mathieu, calmed down. Physiologically, his heart rate eased, his blood pressure eased. We can observe that externally. That's beautiful, measurable, amazing. Now, let's take that example and turn it inward. You as an individual, with the propensity and the habit energy of finding some aspect of your personality to fight with, to resist, to argue. It's a perfectly normal Thing. It's a perfectly human thing. And what we're doing by practicing is we're not saying to ourselves, you know, I'm going to get so practiced that I'm never going to experience resistance in myself. I'm never going to get angry at myself. I'm never going to get disgusted. I'm never going to get frustrated. That is nonsensical thinking. That is like saying, I'm going to become less human. The reality, friends, is what we're becoming less of is we're becoming less adolescent and more mature. We're becoming more whole as a human being. But it takes practice to sit with this resistance. We have spent years and years and years fighting it. So at the beginning, we're not going to be very good at it. We might even get a little frustrated. We're not going for perfection here, friends. We're going for practice. And embedded within the practice, there's a lot to observe. There's a lot to learn. We begin this practice at the very basic level of the breath. Simply inhaling through the nostrils and exhaling through the nostrils in no particular way. Just breathe as Marty likes to say. And if you want to offer yourself a thought, an encouraging one at that, please remind yourself in a celebratory way that by intentionally breathing in and breathing out, You are creating the conditions for more oxygen throughout your entire bloodstream. This will improve the organ function throughout your whole body, including your brain. When the brain has more oxygen, has better blood flow, confusion begins to ease Clarity begins to arise. Curiosity becomes less threatening. Moods shift. That feeling of, ugh, yuck, ugh, this again becomes, ooh, what have we got here? I'm picking a fight with myself. What's that all about? Look at that difficult me jumping out of the woodwork, startling me and scaring me half to death, ready to knock my lights out. What's that all about? Breathe. If you're not quite certain what your resistance is, what this voice sounds like within you, I'll give you a clue. It's that part of your personality that is so quick to tell you the way you should be. You should be farther farther along, you should be a better meditator, You should exercise more. You should work more. You should know more. That's the taskmaster we're addressing today. We fight with this taskmaster, with that voice, every time we are, fr- are afraid that what they're saying might be true. We don't feel ready to hear it. We don't feel strong to face it. So if we find ourselves kind of collapsing and, and shutting down and just being like, no, ugh, no, that's not true. I'm fine the way I am. We know we're in a pattern of resistance. This is why the mantra, well, you know, that's true. What else is true? Julia, you should exercise more. That's true. What else is true? julia you should organize your emails more my resistant mind is so quick to go yeah but 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 but, I i got i got i got all this stuff oh no oh no but 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 julia you should organize more of your stuff you know you're right absolutely true what else is true these difficult aspects of ourselves are allowed to be there and sometimes they can be helpful, sometimes they can be an irritant. We're never really going to get rid of them. So let's stop fighting them and just be with them. And we do that by learning to breathe. So for the next few minutes, let's just breathe together in and out, slowing everything down, creating space around everything that is active and alive within the mind and heart. Yesterday, I brought forward Thich Nhat Hanh's most famous breathing meditation. Breathing in, I calm my body. Breathing out, I smile. Dwelling in the present moment. This is a wonderful moment. Breathing in, I calm my body, breathing out, I smile, dwelling in the present moment, this is a wonderful moment. There's a rhythm to that breathing mantra that I really, really love, and I've practiced it for a long time, and I, and I have said that mantra in many, 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 many moments throughout my day. And I started to change the language to actually reflect certain conditions. So for instance, when I was particularly challenged by something, I was anxious about something, rather than get into that resistance and fighting with myself of making my anxiety go away, making the situation that I was in something other than what it was, I changed the language of this mantra, keeping the first line exactly the same every time. Breathing in, I calm my body. Breathing out, I changed it sometimes. Most of the time, I changed it to breathing out, I pause. Breathing in, I calm my body. Breathing out, I pause. Dwelling in this present moment, I am okay. Dwelling in this anxious moment, I am okay. Dwelling in this moment of confusion, I am okay. Dwelling in this moment of craving and upset, I am okay. Over and over throughout my day. Breathing in, I calm my body. Breathing out, I smile. Dwelling in the present moment, this really is a wonderful moment. I'd like to end our practice today with and our dedication of merit with a poem by John O'Donohue. And this poem is called Bless this day with my life. Bless this day with my life. May my thoughts, actions, and speech be kind. May I remain open to each moment's generous unfolding. May I find comfort in the mystery of all things. May I smile before the well of love that minds me. Bless this day with my life. You all are a blessing. Your lives are a blessing to me, to the Sangha, to your family, your friends, to your communities, to your states and cities, to the world, to the cosmos. Have a beautiful day. We'll see you next time. Namaste.